Hey there, skips and skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land. Welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Well, here we are. Episode 16 of our third season. You know, when I first started doing the podcast, I had a lot of friends on the show because they were the easy ones. Then I started asking around for other people to interview and... I got on Craigslist, put out some ads, and eventually had a decent number of people who got in touch with me. And sadly, I know, I've got emails from people who I made contact a year ago that were still trying to schedule, or yeah, I've, I've, I've dropped the ball with a few of you. I'm sorry about that. I've, I've had a busy life lately. Uh, but during all that time I spent talking to people, there were two names that got passed around the most. Uh, Sue B., who is lovely and has been on the show a couple of times. She's a great friend of the podcast. But the other name that everyone said I should have on was George Trullinger. Now, everyone I talked to who had worked in the 90s said I needed to get this guy on the podcast. So after a year or so of us bouncing messages back and forth from California to Florida, George was actually out in California this spring, and we made an hour of chatting happen. But just for some context of how great a guy George is, he took an hour out of the day with his family when he was visiting from Florida while they were at Disneyland to come and just spend time talking to me about old Disney stories from 20 plus years ago. Yeah, he's that cool. Uh, He's one of the guys that uh, I interviewed. And when I interviewed him, I knew from the moment I met him exactly what his boats would have been like back in the day. He's still got the same sharp wit, and his Disney personality, quote-unquote, uh, still shines through even today. And what a, what a heck of a chap. Uh, so without a lot more of me gabbing, here is some time well spent with our buddy, Skipper George Trullinger. Kungaloosh, everyone. Of recording things. This is Fred Ike, another Jungle Cruise uh, alumni. Oh, I, I recognize that name. Fred, if you want to pull up one of these chairs and sit with us, you're welcome to. Uh... So I don't know. Um... Yeah, I have, I have heard your name in the circles. Oh, yes. Um, we've been uh, about three years now. Oh, it's wow. good. No, it's good. Um, we have uh, been about three years. We've been interviewing people who used to work on the Jungle Cruise. And they get to tell their stories as part of an oral history. And we've had skippers going back all the way to 75 so far. When did you? Uh, he's got a great story. He was working the Tahitian Terrace the night Bobby Kennedy came through. And he was, the night before Bobby Kennedy was assassinated at the Ambassador, he was here at Disneyland. Oh, I didn't know that. And Fred was getting ready. Oh, was it the same day? Because, you know, you can't go out and politics when the polls are open. Yeah, yeah. And you and you were going in the Air Force after that, right? Uh, I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, actually, it was uh, 18 days later. 
18 days later, he's over. Yeah. He's in the Air Force. So um, I actually started recording because that's how casual we are about these that's things. That's cool. No, that's cool, uh, man. Sitting next to Welcome to everyone. Tales from the Jungle Cruise. We are sitting down. Uh, I want to get this right. George Trullinger? George Trullinger. Trullinger. I, I wasn't sure. Hard G. No it's, worries, uh, mate. Um, sitting down with us. Uh, George, you are probably the person other than Sue Barnaby that I've had the most requests to sit down with. Sue B. Sue B. Let's have a little toast oh, to, to the beautiful Sue B. Clink to that. Sue has been on the show twice, and she... Uh, She's out at uh, in uh, Palm Springs doing uh, Stagecoach stage this yeah. weekend. Yeah. But I'm going to hopefully have breakfast with her uh, tomorrow or uh, probably Wednesday. I uh, Sue has been just phenomenal for helping me find people from from the jungle cruise to uh to oh, sit yeah. down with and chat we actually um i don't know if you if you had heard we got together at uh, uh tom meslovich's i uh, spoke to somebody on the phone i live in florida so it's yeah. hard for me to make those the timing the connection i saw tom last night at a little get together that rick williams had and uh jeff rhodes was there yep. Yep. and uh another guy uh pat o'brien mm. you got to get on he's a great yeah. uh Jungle Cruise skipper. He Jeff- plays in a uh, Ozzy Osbourne and Scorpions tribute band. Oh. So uh, sooner or later our paths are going to cross, you know. I um, Yeah, Jeff has been really great. He was he spent two hours with me. I didn't realize, I don't know if you know this, how, how instrumental he was uh, for like Jungle Cruise Tokyo and... Yes. Yeah, I mean he's really had a, a big storied involvement with, uh, with our... So uh, when were you uh, working and employed by... Uh, the, the Mousy Company. I started uh, Christmas 1978, and I went till summer 1981. Cool. So almost you're tie, you're right in there. We uh, there's a uh, skip by the name of Kevin uh, Kevin Cavanaugh. Okay. And Kevin works uh, 75 76. Yeah. And I think he was the the person who worked the earliest that we've been able to to interview yet. But we're still a tra- couple of my teachers in high school. I went to Fountain Valley High School. A couple of my teachers were old Jungle Cruise skippers oh, in the 60s oh. and. And uh, that's what sort of inspired me. Uh, did, did, did that come through for them in their classes? I mean, did you? Did they care? Were they? Uh, did they have the, the skipper aura? They. Uh, he was definitely a dynamic, and if everybody did what they were supposed to do, he would tell a story, either yeah. a Walt story or you know. Uh, um, one day Walt, Walt was in the park and, <laughs> and asked me a question and I didn't know it and I didn't know who was asking me and. Uh, and Fred Ike is here, and we were uh, we worked with with guys that were hired by Walt Disney, you know, back in yep. those days, and they they had great stories too. So you were always running into, you know, somebody yeah, that had a Walt story. Yeah, and you're still at that time. I mean, that's you know, um, you know, 35 years ago, where it was, you know, 10, 15 years after Walt's death. So yep. there were still um, a lot of people. I mean, it was. Still, oh yeah. Now the the. Uh, I know that the number of Club Fifty Five people is really limited right yes. now. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I only personally know of like one or two that are still uh, active in the in the right. resort. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a change of the guard. It's definitely a different breed of. There's a couple of, of guys cats. out here that I worked with. Mike Hagman still works here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's 45 years, 46 years yeah. here. I just ran into. Uh, we, uh, I'm here with my family, and we rode uh, uh, Radiator Springs. Yeah. And as I got off, Doug McMeekin. Was was is still here? I said, Doug, how long have you worked here? He said, forty years, man, forty years. So, yeah. get, join yeah. in on this, man. Kevin, will, yeah, just pull up a chair. On now this you've heard the name side. Mike Schwartz, Arky. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, tremendous friend of of, uh, of both of ours, and uh, in fact, we uh, he uh, when his time with Disney was through, he came uh, to Las Vegas. 
mm-hmm. and was one of my roommates, and he got a job. This guy was Mr. Sports, and uh, he got a job at the Las Vegas Club working in the sports book, so it was oh. a great job for him. And um, Unfortunately... Adjust this setup a little bit? Mm-hmm. He, he passed in uh, 2000. We lost him yeah. in 2000, but... Uh, and then he also went on the road with us to Russia. I was with a show in Las Vegas that went to Russia, and mm-hmm. he went with us and got to meet Gordy Howe, and uh, we went to the Moscow Circus, and, you know, just great. Arky, Arky was great. Fred, uh, election day, when Reagan got elected president, Fred, Arky, and myself, mm-hmm. ER'd from the Jungle Cruise. We had our suits, we got on our suits, drove from here to the Century Plaza Hotel, and just sort of gleaned our way in and we met Vin Scully and Arky met Vin Scully and was absolutely on cloud nine so oh, that was a, that was a great moment uh, and you, know, you know it's funny I um, who was I chatting with one of the other interviews I don't, I don't remember who it was but it seems like for anyone who grew up in the Southern California area that meeting Vin Scully is the highlight of their damn lives oh I I, I mean it's just a, but everyone that I talked to they're yeah. And, and he's, of course, very gracious, and he's fantastic. He's wonderful. He's everything you expect him to be. But, I mean, it is, you know, there are people who would rather have met Vince Scully than been to their own daughter's wedding. Well, it's, uh, uh, he's Mr. Dodger, you yeah. know, and he's great, still in great shape, great form. Uh, I saw him again a couple of years ago, and he's yeah. great, and he loves Dodger baseball. I think he just does home games, doesn't he, Fred? Yes. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, go on the road go on anymore. The road. But, uh... We had a lot of characters working on that uh, Jungle Cruise guys that, that we love. Uh, Bo Burnett. Yep. Eric Fetzner. All. Fernald. Uh, everybody had a nickname, so i got to kind of remember, you know, their, their, <laughs> their, real, uh, names. their real names. But uh, it was a great time. My first gig at, at Disneyland was working the Frontier Shooting Gallery yep. with Wild Bill. You remember Wild Bill? One of the one of the old timers back, uh, back in the days of the real lead and uh, oh yeah stained fingers and, oh yes yep. it's a it's it's funny that um, you know having chatted now we're into I think 70, 76 or seventy seven episodes of this I am constantly amazed by how people in any generation whether it be fifteen years ago twenty years ago thirty years ago all have better memories than I do. Well, like everyone, like, only the past stuff, not the, not the stuff. <laughs> no, not the current stuff. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what happened a week ago, but I could tell you what happened 30 years ago. See, pretty, pretty detailed. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll wait for those days from the Jungle Cruise where it'll all come back in a flood of, of memories. So, I did, I'm in show business now and uh, have been. Yeah, we're going to talk a ton about that because well, it's, it's really interesting. We, I, mean, it's, I was talking to Jeff, uh, Jeff Rhodes last night, and uh, I went to my first banana ball. Uh, in seventy, in seventy nine, I want to say, summer of seventy nine, and they had a DJ booth that looked like the the, the bow of a Jungle Cruise boat. Yeah. And uh, it was a it was a DJ thing, and there was like two inches of beer. It was in one of these big exposition halls out at the uh, Lawrence County Fairgrounds, and everybody's dressed in in Aloha wear. And I I told them I I said, man, next year I'm going to play this. So I, I made that happen. Played it a couple of years in a row, yeah. and it, it was really really terrific. And, and um, I guess we can fill people in who don't know you. Uh, you're an incredibly talented musician. Thank you. Uh, I, I have heard that from many people. I haven't heard it myself. But, I mean, you know, Facebook's not great for that. But I, I hear from a number of people that uh, it, it just is kind of a, as natural as falling off a log for you. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, why don't you give a little bit of Because, I mean, it's such a... I, I'm not going to do it justice. Well, what, the thing you're The thing you're known for, I guess... From what everyone 
the thing I'm I'm known for is uh, playing Buddy Holly in yep. the in the Legends and Concert Show, and I was with that show for 27 years in yep. Las Vegas and around the world. We took it to Russia and we took it to uh, Canada. We did a tour up there, um, and I've been really really lucky. I've been in a rock and roll band since I was 12, and uh, played all around Orange County, all the the high school sock hops and and uh, a couple of frat parties at Long Beach State and the clubs, and I never thought that I would be an impersonator, a celebrity impersonator, but it just sort I tell people, I, I never planned on it, It just that's just the way it worked out. And now I do, uh, still do occasionally Buddy Holly, I do Mick Jagger, I do uh, Ed Sullivan with a great group that Sue B knows, the Fab Four, mm-hmm. they're, they're from Los Angeles and yep. uh, play all around, they play the Grove and uh, Pearson Park here in Anaheim, yep. and uh, I've been very, very lucky that I get to yeah. do what I love uh, to do for fun and make a living at it. So, that, the reason I'm here yeah, in California no, no, no. today, we're doing a. I'm doing two shows uh, uh, out in Palm Springs for the Fab Four. Mm-hmm. I had three days in between, so yep. here we are. Well, and it's great to. I mean, it's always nice to bring the family back. What um, you know, because I, I know you get into California every once in a while with tours and things yes. like that. Um, you know, I guess one of the things we haven't asked people on the podcast is, you know, there's obviously differences in the resort. Uh, and, and the park from you know from when you worked here to now and you've seen that progression um, and being that you've got that that entertainment kind of a, an eye to it and ear for it I mean what what do you think the I mean what do you think's great that, that they're doing I mean, overall I think come through overall I think uh, uh, that a lot of the changes most of the, the changes that they that they've made have been really terrific because yep. uh, even Walt knew that you have to keep sort of reinventing it and changing it. It'll never be finished. I'm sure everybody knows that quote. It'll never be finished as long as there's imagination. And I think, especially after seeing things today that I have never seen, yeah. never experienced, well, Radiator I mean, Springs and yeah. just the whole scale of it. Does that yeah. make sense? Well, you it's, it's feel huge, like you're walked, walked yeah. into the movie. Uh, and I think the things that would be on... Uh, on the negative side or not so positive side for me sure. are, are purely sentimental, like um, uh, the Carnation... Uh, Plaza Gardens being taken out. Yeah, I saw, I got to meet. I was just a kid. I was 19, and uh, I, I, I wanted to tell you, I kept when my first year or so working here at the park, I kept it a secret that I was in a rock and roll band. It's like I had two lives. Yeah, like I had the the club life playing in a rock and roll band and playing the clubs and 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 all of that, and then the squeaky clean. Sure. Hi, welcome aboard the Jungle Cruise, folks. <laughs> my name's George and. I'm going to be your skipper. You, you definitely. I saw some. I've seen pictures of when you were working here, and you definitely had that kind of clean cut, kind of, oh, uh, yeah. you know, stepped out of the '50s kind of a feel to it. And then would get off work. Yep. Put on a pair of angel flight pants, paint one eye, put eye makeup on one eye, and do, it was the '80s. You yep. know, it was the early '80s. So uh, uh, we we do gigs, and uh, that's that's sort of how I, you know, I invited one of the guys out to see the uh, or. They had heard of my band or something, and next thing you know, I'm playing the banana ball. Well, there, it's it's hard to keep secrets at Disneyland. That's one of the things. It's uh, you know, you go get away with it for a while, but it definitely is a, an area where uh, uh, rumors and things like this they swirl. They swirl. Um, I was talking with, uh, and by the time this is, uh, this is going to probably be about a m- month or so. I mean, no worries, yeah. mate. But uh, we're talk- I was talking to Kevin, and he. 
uh, remembers at the Carnation Plaza, he would go and listen to Count Basie. Oh, yeah. After the Jungle Cruise and go over there. Or, I mean, there's all of these... I mean, he was listing off the jazz musicians that would perform there. They had and Count it blew Basie. me away. I mean, it's just amazing. One night, I saw Buddy Rich. Yep. I saw Tex Beneke. I got to... One of the greatest experiences of my life, I got to introduce my dad to Tex Beneke. My oh. dad loves the Glenn Miller Orchestra the way I love the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, or the Stones or something. And he came out. My mom and dad used to come out here early mm-hmm. and get a seat and drink coffee or eat ice cream until the show started. And I, they had our same break area. You know, you could go back behind the Frontier Gallery. And I said, uh, Mr. Bennick, he brought an album for him to sign, uh, an old uh, uh, Glenn Miller album. I said, Mr. Bennick, he said, call me Tex. I said, could I just impose on you? I know you're on a break. Could you just say hello to my dad? He brought an album and he brought he sat down, had coffee with him, mm-hmm. sat for 20, there was a whole break, essentially. Yeah. And uh, Buddy Rich, I saw I saw the good side of Buddy Rich mm-hmm. and the not-so-good side. Yeah. A couple of, of his horn guys were uh, burning a number behind the, uh, the Frontier Gallery, and yeah. he was, they were going to be escorted out by security. And Buddy Rich was, went back there and lost his mind, and they... they Bottom line was they've played out the night, but had, they had to call guys from the union in the next night. But yeah. one night, it was Count Basie's birthday, and Buddy Rich was here, Sammy Davis was here, a whole bunch of, you know, all the cats came yeah, in yeah. to wish him, and that was a magical night. And the guys I was working with, I'd go to rehearsal. You know, I'd work, uh, get sent over from Jungle to work guest control, and uh, I'd go to rehearsal the next day and say, hey, guess who I met? Who? Buddy Rich. Yeah. Well, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> the guys I played with, they didn't know. But, you yeah. know, all the guys I, I play with now are just like total, you know, jazz aficionados. So. It's, yeah, it's one. I mean, I I grew up in my house. My parents uh, were in that era where they should have been into the Beatles and they should have been into the Mamas and the Papas. And they were, they were jazz and a little bit of... Like kind of a little bit of folk, but not like the the, the contemporary folk. Right. But yeah, but I mean, we grew up with with jazz. My sister's a musician. She plays, you know, 13, 18 instruments. Four of them at orchestra level. Wow. Um, you know, she's just amazing, and she got all the musical talent. I got all the looks, which is okay. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I just tell her that. That's the only important thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I can't even imagine today what would happen if Disneyland had. You know, major names performing. I mean, they would be so swamped. There's, there's. I don't know that there's the respect of that privacy level. You know that I mean, people would be, you know, mobbing them. I, I just can't I, even I, imagine how that kind of intimate. Disneyland used to be the place. I, I remember working guest control for the Righteous Brothers on Tom Sawyer's Island. Yeah. And then years later, working for Bill Medley, never, never having met him. You know, and, See, and uh, it's such a side of the park that I don't think people, especially people who are working here, today, I don't think that they they get what that era was because it was you know especially when coming out of when Walt was still around yeah he had all the musical connections everyone wanted to work with him he had you know the cachet and that carried over with a lot of the musicians into the 70s and 80s well they had uh, uh, Louis Armstrong played on the Mark Twain and uh, uh, who was it Teddy Teddy Pendleton was a jazz cat out here the cats that used to play the Royal Street Bachelors all of yeah. those guys were real accomplished musicians uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, in sort of another vein of entertainment, Wally Bogue and Fulton Burley, yeah, and Wal- they all came from... Yeah. They were great. <laughs> they were awesome. I, I still will pull out, um, for people who don't you know, know the Wally Bogue uh, shtick and what he did with the Golden Horseshoe and how, how defining that was uh, to what you know, that show was about and 
kind of the humor that came out of the the Western things and all that. Um, go on to YouTube because there's some great oh, yeah. Wally Bogue stuff on YouTube. He was on and, the Muppets. He oh, was yeah. on uh, the the original Mickey Mouse Club. He's in uh, Herbie the Love Bug. You know, and, and, and this is a guy who had you know this national TV exposure. Oh yeah, who was uh, you know during this the uh, you know not the Mickey Mouse but the uh, the Walt. Uh, Wonderful World Wonderful of Disney. Disney. This is a guy who had national exposure and oh, yeah. who who would get stopped in the street and would come and do four shows a day at Disneyland. Oh, sure. I mean, and it's just such a different paradigm from what we have now where, you know, someone gets that kind of exposure, they'd be off in a heartbeat to go have a solo career. And, you know, it's... And really influenced a young guy that worked out here named Steve Martin. Oh, absolutely. Really. I mean, if you've talked to Steve Martin, he will say... Wally Bogue, he would he knew that act and he was yeah. you know ready to go in case Wally t- twisted his hoof and you know, they yeah. needed somebody to do the traveling salesman yeah, bit. Yeah, but really, yeah. I uh, think I think we've 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 blown we've uh, exploded the myth enough times. But I'll say it again that Steve Martin never worked on the Jungle Cruise. That's no. a horrible myth that has been uh, perpetrated for you know years and years and years. And people keep on whenever I talk about the podcast, that's one of the first thing out of people's yeah. mouth is Steve Martin worked the Jungle Cruise. Never did. Uh, new, think he worked at the park at all. No, oh, he, he did. Yeah, he worked he was, magic shop. He worked oh, the magic shop, yeah. and he sold well, souvenirs. Well, so actually, when he was when he was eleven or twelve, he sold newspapers on Main Street when they could still hire kids like that. And he sold these, yep. you know, the Main Street Gazette, whatever. They had a, a, nickel, da- a daily newspaper. Daily newspaper sold them for a nickel, and he got to keep a penny or two of it, whatever it was. He also did a trick lasso. Yep. Uh, a tree yeah. demonstrated uh, little gags like the the invisible dog and, yeah. and the lasso. And there were other people who did work the jungle. I don't know if you know Kevin Costner was a Jungle Cruise skipper. Yes, I just missed him. Uh, he was a little bit before me. He was seventy. I think Kevin worked on I think he said 74 or 75. I just missed John yeah. Lasseter. Yeah. I just missed. I came on right as, as he must have gone out. But uh, I'm still waiting for the connection to be made with someone who I sit down with who knows John well enough to get him to come and do a phone interview for 20 minutes or whatever. Oh, he'd I, love it. I, I would love I don't know how to get that connection there, and maybe someone will eventually will, will do it. I met his son, Bennett, Yeah. and Bennett's a great kid. I mean, he... He had actually listened to the podcast when he had worked. He worked at Jungle Cruise for a year. Wow. And uh, we, we, I went on the dock and introduced myself to someone else. And Bennett came over and was like, oh, yeah, I listen to the podcast all the time. It's great. And I'm like, well, just mention it to your dad. Hey, Bennett, all. get your dad on here, man. It's a, yeah. great, it's a great thing. He would really, really shine and really, really uh, love well, doing this. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a shame that John Lasseter is so shy and doesn't enjoy any of the media attention. He doesn't do well in front of a camera or a microphone. It's a real shame that he's such a you know wallflower. It's, uh... <laughs> he loves talking about the Jungle Cruise and uh, his favorite Jungle Cruise jokes and and stuff. Yeah. When I when I met Steve Martin, he actually we were playing uh, in '85. We played out at Knott's Berry Farm, uh-huh. and uh, Steve Martin uh, was went to high school with my boss, the guy there, the producer of uh, John Stewart, the produced legends. And John Stewart was uh, a soda jerk or, or worked at Carnation Gardens in yeah. uh, scooping up ice cream, and you know, I, and I told him, that was the first thing I, I, I told him. I said, man, you would have made a great Jungle Cruise skipper because all the guys I worked with tried to be him. Yeah. They were trying to be wild, that wild and crazy yeah, guy, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's amazing how many people you, you come across in your travels, you cross paths with, who have worked at Disney. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... And especially in the entertainment business. Oh, yeah. I really... Uh, I think that there's something fundamental about that era, particularly, like I said, 70s and 80s, 
when it was still almost like an, an easy way into the entertainment business. Because, you know, I'm, I was born in 71, um, and coming into that time period, you know, there was still reruns of uh, Wonderful World of Disney in color, oh, yeah. and you still had, you know, before the Muppets, they would rerun the... the um, uh, the Disney, uh, you know, uh, Mouse Factory yeah. and well, all that. Well, it was even it was even before that. It was um, they were rerunning all the nature documentaries during oh, sure. the late seventies. Uh, Mr. Ed. Yeah, but, but before before um, the the hour before the Muppets on Sunday was a Disney show because it was on ABC. Sure. Um, and it was really you know that time where I feel like people still felt like they could get in the door, and there were. Tons of people we've talked to who have wound up, you know, in one way or the other, continuing into uh, into their lives. So that do you think it was? I mean, I I know you were a musician before that. Was working at the parks and working at Jungle was it a preparation for you in some way for everything you do after that? Absolutely. I yeah. still, uh, especially with hecklers, like when you play in Vegas, any place that serves alcohol or or, or you know, you can get be in a situation where someone's heckling you or, or whatever. And I go right back to the old Jungle Cruise material. Uh, I tell, I use the timing more than anything. What, yeah. what it did for me, uh, a guy who was a class clown, and and and, and I, I wanted to. I was telling this story last night to Jeff and to Tom Leduc, and um, I said I, I walked into that interview saying uh, I want to be an attractions host in Adventureland, Frontierland, and I want to work the Jungle Cruise. Yep. And um, uh, Marty Torres. Uh, Marv's brother was my interviewer and he says really I said you, you wouldn't even have to train me I already know the spiel yep. and he said well give me a little and I rattled it off and he, he started laughing and he came back and he gave me a name tag and a, and a folder and said there you go and then I was heartbroken when my first assignment was the Frontier Gallery Yeah. And uh, how long did it take you before you got over to Jungle? great story this was, this was how I got and there was a, a supervisor named Stan Blank one of the greatest guys you probably heard his name heard his several name several times, and he he left us too quickly. He was a, a great great guy, and I got sent out to the parade in my Frontier Gallery outfit, and I was working a one way crossover, a Christmas parade, mm-hmm. and uh, chaos after the parade after the parade. And we were directing people away, and the guy came down the line, came down, was trying to get to his family, and I said, "I'm sorry, sir. This is a one way crossover, and mm-hmm. if you, bam." hit me in the face and my, knocked my glasses off and all these people and I can't see anything without my glasses and I'm just wor- all, all I can think of is man I hope nobody steps on my glasses so Stan saw it and it, it was a, it was nothing really the guy was just panicky and uh, he says you want to press charges I said nah no no way so he walks me back to the office and on the way back he says you know somebody told me you want to be a jungle cruise skipper I said absolutely and he says stop by my office after you fill out an incident report, so so, so you pick up a spiel. So you feel like getting clocked in the face was worth the end result. Absolutely, <laughs> I'd have paid the guy twenty dollars. It was great. It was great. And then uh, my, I got trained with uh, Kerry Anasio, who yep. you probably heard yep. of before. He yep. was great. Still is. Uh, Kerry lives in Texas. I hope you're listening, Kerry. Awesome, buddy. Yeah, your email list will hopefully uh, bring us a, a large new listening audience. Oh yeah. Oh we're, yeah. We're enjoying that. Um, yeah, it's. Um, Jungle Cruise is uh, of people who are coming into the interview process. I think that it's it's where people express a strong preference. It's the number one thing that people are expressing. And I've talked to people who work in casting. Yeah. That when people come in and they say specifically, "I want to work in attractions," Jungle Cruise is the number one thing people say. Uh, number two, by the way, you want to guess what the second most popular 
named attraction is? I I would have no no idea. A haunted mansion. Really? Haunted mansion is is uh, a very because of that tuxedo. I think it's the tuxedo. I think it's the the creepy eth, you know ethos of the entire. Uh, uh, side of working there, I think that yeah, well, you know, because it's it's now popular to be moody and you know wear well, they, black all the time. Yeah, they kind of get to be, they kind of get to be dark. And yeah, kind of yeah. not rude to the guests, but yeah. kind of right this way, and you know they're kind of yeah, they, they dark. can play it up. They can have a little fun with it. But that's, now that's cool. But now let's you know we're talking about the way that that that's perceived. Jungle Cruise is really perceived as they're the they're the rock and roll kids of the park. They were always the times that I worked there, they were the ones that had a little rebel attitude and it was a little more, you know, showy offy and the the those, girls the girls all like jungle cruise oh yeah. skippers. Well there was a boys club back in those days yeah. and uh, the jungle cruise skippers were the guys that organized things like the banana ball and ski trips and you know uh, softball was great too. I enjoyed playing uh, co ed softball I, and, I was I was uh, a bit Surprise, based upon the era. Uh, you know what the Jungle Cruise softball team was named for a while, right? What's that? Uh, the Jungle Bunnies. No. There were t-shirts. There's been pictures of t-shirts that have been uh, passed around. No. Uh, that apparently that was the name of the softball team for a wow. while. So, it was all the walk bars for a while. Uh, it's, <laughs> we were the uh, Black Sheep Squadron, and we had a guy named Doug Boynton. Doug, love you, man. Uh, Doug, Doug was at my wedding, and uh, he was uh, one of those guys uh, like Hagman. That uh, he went to Vietnam and came back and, and worked yeah. at the park and one of the greatest working leads and uh, but we we called him his name was Pappy Pappy yeah. Boynton yep. and uh, well, we, had, we just I'm, had a great well, time. I'm sure you know we're uh, we're still locking the date down, but at some point in May we're sitting down with Don Chapman. Don Chapman, I remember Don as a rookie. Yeah. He was great. Yep. Uh, I think he was a, like a car salesman or something. No, no, he and, was a sheriff. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was a sheriff in, I want to say, either Alaska or Washington. I don't remember exactly, but Lois had told me, uh, his wife Lois told is me. sweet. Um, but, yeah, apparently they, he had come in after being a town sheriff. No kidding. And ended up, at the, ended up working as a lead at the Jungle Cruise and... Uh, there was a cat there named uh, Paul, and his name had a, it was about this long and had about 27 consonants in it. Takajajek and the next thing, the Armenian kid or whatever. But he had d- gone through law school yep. and always wanted to work on the Jungle Cruise. So right before he's, I'm sure he's a successful uh, attorney now, you know, but he wanted to do a, a summer on the Jungle Cruise. He, he had yep. applied all that uh, you know, book work and learning and studying, yep. and he passed the bar, and he said, "I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be a Jungle Cruise skipper and yeah. hang, hang with uh, you guys." Well, I mean, that's not, that's not, that's not far from it. I retired when I was 30, and I, I was working. I got hired on to help open California Adventure, and I was over on the Paradise Pier area. Yeah. And did it, and I, I mean, I had been 10 years in the textile industry. I was a regional manager. I was on the road, and basically, I, um, you know. Got a divorce, paid off my bills, bought a new car, and I came to work a summer, and that ended up being on and off, you know, an eight-year, you know, thing for me. So yeah, I mean, it's it's an amazing. Everyone gets brought here by some something different. They all have the same kind of experiences, no matter what the generation is, and they all leave taking their own, you know, different, you know, way of being and all that. They all leave with something special that they get to remember. Maybe Fred can help me with this. They used to have. Uh pretty serious Glenn Hicks and uh, Bo, a guy named Bo that ran Sunkist they they were really into the softball and they would recruit guys that would be playing baseball oh, for USC yeah. and bringing ringers and get them a job <laughs> get them a job working the canoes 
and they and they have these big guns and they get up and launch the ball. Well, that's that's the the canoe race is that way now where you know you'll they will go after whatever the attraction is. They'll go after the big guys because they know they want to win the canoe races. I mean, that's a big thing now. Yeah, that's the, always been. The, yeah, they come back, come in the park at three in the morning. Four you know in the if Glenn morning, Hicks is even still alive? I I, I don't, but I. Uh, you know who would know is Jeff Rhodes. Jeff would know. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff is the. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll bounce off, but Je- Jeff would know. I remember when Thunder was opening. I had, I had come into the pit, which I understand is not there anymore. No. Yeah. But uh, I put my straw hat down on the table, which is a mistake, you know, with, with a bunch of jungle guys. And I, I come back, and Glenn Hicks was there. Uh, this was, had to be 79 because they were getting ready to open Thunder. Yep. So he was down there. I didn't know who he was. He was just some cat with a with a, 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 a shirt tie. and tie and wearing a sweater or whatever. And uh, I had come back to the table, and in the crease of my hat, these guys had just put omelet and you know onions and all kinds of crap in the crease of my hat and i just pick it up and and very phony you know it was it was funny i i turned to glenn hicks this guy i, I just i didn't know who he was i didn't know he's the, the the big cheese and i said and you wonder why the morale sucks at this place and i took this the shit that was on the top of the hat and just started eating it and he just went well mama i guess we're gonna go have he didn't say nothing that's a jam and people still be like, you know who that was? Well, I don't want to know. I don't want to was, know. Was, right. it, was it you or was it Henry who was telling the vending machine story? Was but, it Henry Golas or was that you? Uh, no. There was a vending machine thing about uh, it's, it. had to be Henry. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll let him tell when I get him on the show because oh. I don't want to spoil the story. But it's, it was an incredibly funny. It was posted on Facebook and I couldn't remember who it was no. that put it out there. Um, you know, it's... Um, but it, the point I was trying to make was, you know, if, if you try to make an analogy between a, a style of music and, and the attractions at Disneyland. I think Jungle Cruise is the rock and roll of the, oh, of the sure. park. You know, I'm sure there's other, you know, I guess you could say Haunted Mansion could be classical. Uh, you know, Fantasyland could be folk. I mean, but I think that, you know, Jungle is the rebel spirit that kind of, you know, because everyone does that thing where it's like, oh, you guys make up your own jokes, right? And we tried to say no. I did. Um, yeah, everyone does, but you know. I never had this feeling. But there's the a perception There's a perception there that that's, you know, uh, at that time when you went in, you said, I want to work Jungle Cruise. The guy was probably yeah. shocked because at the time, that wasn't where there was a lot of demand to, to go to. The ride, I think, over, especially since Indiana Jones in 95, but particularly since the 50th anniversary, it seems like Jungle has had a huge renaissance. And it, I mean, you see 45 minute an hour lines when all the other rides are open. Yeah, and you never. I mean, I, when I was working there in you know '03 to '08, there were never lines like that unless it was middle of summer and, and you know thunder or indie went down. Yeah. Uh, so I think yeah, I think that it has gotten a huge cachet about you know its its role within the park. Now, what else did you did you uh, know any other attractions besides the shooting gallery and jungle? Well, I, I worked the the tiki room and uh, I did a shift on Tiki Tree during the uh, during the. Uh, uh, what do they call it? The Tiki Gate. Yeah, Tiki Gate. The, uh, yeah. the Salt the Tree, you've heard that? No, have not. Never heard that? Nope. Uh, there was a cat named Ray Flores, and uh, I got trained on Tiki Tree, which is just pushing some buttons, and the treehouse was just doing an animation check going up yep. and down, and he was there early. And I well, said, it was, what you... was it Swiss Family at the time, right? Pardon me? Was it Swiss Family? Swiss Family Robinson yeah. with the... The Swiss Capulca. Oh, my God. Sue, Sue Barnaby, Sue says that that song haunts her in her oh, dreams. Sure. Oh, sure. 
Sue and Jackie, Jackie Lacey and uh, Shada yep. and uh, all those gals. Yeah, Shada, you, Shada was at Tom's party. Oh, she, her. beautiful. Just yeah, nice gorgeous. Lady. And uh, we, so he's there to train me, and he's got a cup of coins, and he says, okay, this is what you do. This is salt in the tree. Yes, yes, yes. You know this, right? Yes. So you, and it's like a handful of change. And a little the paper. The jungle retirement fund. A little paper, well, <laughs> little paper airplane made out of a dollar bill. And you'd sprinkle it on the bed. And then whoever closed the tree would go up there. And the, there would just be money. Yep. And you'd take it, have a, a lot hold, a, hold a little back to salt the tree. And then we went to some place down. I'm, I remember I went with Tom Ravenscroft. Do you remember Tom? Yep. And uh, we went down to a club at the end of summer in, somewhere in Newport Beach. And we had to spend the night. We couldn't drive. We were so hammered. <laughs> we, we, we just, we, oh my God! And I had the, I had a '65 Volkswagen with like six candle power, the Monk Mobile, six candle power headlights, and I'm like, man, I'm not driving home. So we just we basically just sat on the beach and watched the sun come up, and but we were hammered. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, yeah. A lot of my a lot of my jungle stories end like that. We were hammered. You know, and that's and that's the great thing is that you know as as time goes on. We tell the same stories. Well, you know, we, we I think we all have have, uh, have had that same experience. I think the jungle guys, you were really, you know, and back in those days too, uh, especially we would do that the counts, try to make the counts good, yep, and work hard for your working leads. Bud Justinson, you met Bud. I, at, met, at I met Bud. We actually, Bud actually uh, sat in on. Uh, we had Bud and John Malloy and oh, Sue Malloy's and great. Malloy. Uh, John Malloy's great. They they did a they did so a, funny with that beard. <laughs> they did forty so minutes old. with us, and then uh, uh, Jim Vest and uh, Jerry Whitfield did about a. I'd love to meet Jim Vest and uh, Jerry. I've, I'm a yeah. fan of their work, the Jungle Cruise movie that I yep. just missed, and I know Jerry's really talented. And Jim Vest is a funny yep. guy. I heard part of that and interview. And then uh, uh, of course Ed uh, Ed Cunningham is uh, Ed's great longtime friend of our show. He's promoted it. Oh, he's but, great. Uh, he sat down. We had Dave Champagne. Uh, sat down with him. Dave was my neighbor for, Dave, for a little a, bit. Dave's a great guy. It was a really fun yeah, to chat he with. He's a, a professional bagpipe player. And once again, musicians on oh, the yeah. jungle. Oh, yeah. So. Just great. Um, Don Bobs. Don, actually, I just got in touch with him by email, and he's in Santa Barbara. Yep. And we're going to go out. Um, I'm, I don't have a time. I'm hoping by June that I'll get out to Santa Barbara. I have some friends out there. So we're going to... Terrific. And he, there's a couple people that he said that he that also live out there that were the same era. So we're going to get together and have that chat. Don was always very cool to me. And uh, one of the, uh, God, we were talking about all the old timers that we worked with and yeah. just great guys. Uh, of course, my buddy Fred, Arky. Arky was the greatest. Arky would listen. He had a little AM radio and he called it Black Vinny. And he would listen with an earpiece. Mm-hmm. And he would say, when there was a Dodger game on, yep. he'd say, ladies yep. and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Jungle Cruise. Let's all sit back and listen to the animals. And he would put, put it in gear. <laughs> he would listen to the ball game. Spielus minimus. And he could do, uh, he did Chick Hearn. It's nervous time, ladies and gentlemen, nervous time. He'd do it on his opening spiel. Just a great character. Wonderful cat. He loved working there. He loved that is, working at that Disney. That is brilliant, the earpiece thing. I, cause, Unbelievable. Well, and you know, no one would even uh, question it because all security and all oh, that yeah. and leads have the earpieces. So you just tuck tuck an earphone in there and listen. Not that I'm advising anyone to do that, but it's a great, great idea. So He would, he loved uh, he loved CNN. He was a news junkie. He just loved everything. And uh, he had, he had um, inherited a lot of money 
And I was trying to get him to, to invest in real estate and everything. And he said, you know what I want to do? I want to visit every Major League Baseball stadium. Yep. And by golly, he did it. And uh, I'm glad. I am absolutely thrilled. That well, he... there's a cup. Tom is a big baseball fan, too. Tom Meslovich? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a huge um, How about Tom Casper? You had him on, I have too. Not, I, haven't, I, haven't met, I haven't met Tom yet. Wasn't Tommy at... Uh... Oh, no, no, Tommy. No, you have it. No, no, he was. No, yeah, he was. Michael Bryan was yeah, his no, step No, 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 he Remember? was. Because he, um, Tommy, that was the, uh, someone told the story about going over to McDonald's and getting like 30 hamburgers. He made a bet with Rick Williams, my buddy Rick, and we went back to their little apartment over on Orangewood and Harbor, and he bet him that he couldn't eat 20, I want to say 20 McDonald's okay. cheeseburgers. Yep. And then he had to top it off with a Big Mac. And the first, you know, it was like the movie Cool Hand Luke. Because, you know, the first, <laughs> the first, like, eight or nine go down. He's, he's eating them like he's got nine assholes. And, and, and then, and then we're, <laughs> and then we're, by, by about the 10 or 12th one, we're walking him around. Bit. We're rubbing his stomach like, like Cool Hand Luke, you know, beating them hard-boiled <laughs> eggs, man. That's the truth. We're walking him around. So, and I, and I talked to him last night, and I don't think he could ever, Look at a hamburger again. Of yeah. a McDonald's cheeseburger and not think but he about did that it. night. But he... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, man. We were nuts. We are just crazy. Uh, yeah, it... Um, no, he was. He was sitting in with uh, John Malloy. He was on, on the side. John is great. Yeah, no, John is... I'm actually hoping that I'll get to have more time because I think we just barely scratched the surface of... He, he actually... I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but... Um, uh, it's, it's the greeting from, Greetings from Club Mez, Episode 3. He tells the most salacious story that I have, have heard in the entire time that I've worked at Disney or talked to people. He tells the, the Whopper of, of... And I'm not going to spoil it for well, anyone. I'm gonna has it aired yet? Uh, yes, it has. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause it and tell the story here. But the audience doesn't need to hear it a second time because I, right. you know. No worries, mate. Okay. No, I don't yeah. know. But no, that, that, so oh. now we come back. All right, we come, we're back. We come back from that. That was the most salacious story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and not even, not even other, not even John Duran could top that story. Not even, no one else has told no. a story as good as oh, John Malloy's Dur- John Duran. Did we, did they he tell? Is, he is a prince among men. He is genuinely one of the, um, I, when I met him, I had not had any context to it. Yeah. And I went to his office, a law firm in, in West Hollywood. And when you meet certain politicians, they have that aura that you just, you know, that this is a this is someone who works as in politics. I met um, Paul Simon when he was running for president. Right. Back in 80, whatever that was, 88, I think it was, was the election. Same way. He was very political like that. John Duran, he, he is a guy that I trusted instantly. And had such a great time chatting with him. I think it's one of our best episodes. We, uh, I, I caught that. I caught a lot of the the, the ones that, of that that generation. Oh yeah, yeah. But, but that's been like the last uh, five months has been a lot of that generation. So. I'm hoping to see John uh, tomorrow. We're heading up. Uh, I used to be in a band. We we had like six or seven rehearsals for one gig. Yep. And it was the only time we we did it. But uh, we all this band was really really talented guys. The the guitar player is now the the music director for the Beach Boys mm-hmm. and lead guitarist, yep. uh, Scott Totten. And the other uh, guitar player is a fellow named Pete Chekos, and he works on a little show. He's a producer and edits a little show called The Big Bang Theory. Yep. And he's done very, very well. So we're going to head out there uh, tomorrow to see him at Warner Brothers. And I have a call in to John, and we would love to swing back through Hollywood and, and see yeah, him. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Wish him guy. well. Great uh, guy. He, we, we got together at a banana ball. 
You know, back it, it's hard to to imagine, but soups would come on your on your boat and they'd take your hat off and they'd say, "You yep. need to go get a haircut." And if it was really bad, oh, yeah. they'd send you over to the cast cutters or they'd send you to the to the yeah, barber backstage. And, you know, and a lot of people don't realize that there was a barber on property until. 2002 or three was when they finally closed it, but there was a, a barber on property and guys could get a haircut. <clears throat> Even at that point, I think it was four or five dollars. It yeah. was not much money at all. I think they, when I was there, they had a contest to name the barber shop, and I think they settled on the cast yeah. cutters. Yeah, that's right. But uh, uh, well, we had a we had a, a, a supervisor named Scott Fleener who was a Jungle Cruise skipper, and then he moved up to being a being a supervisor. That's how all the stories end. That's and, but um, so we did the banana ball, and we we played. Uh, See, and that's that's the power of the jungle right there. We we uh, so <laughs> so this guy was he wasn't a bad guy, and I know he's not a bad guy. He lives in Huntington yep. Beach, uh, and he was a Jungle Cruise skipper. But we all got together, Bo and Bela Biro and John Duran, and we, uh, we got up at the banana ball and changed the words to Nowhere Man for Scott Fleener. He's a real nowhere man sitting in Adventureland, making written reprimands for nobody. I actually have a, I actually have a tape of that, and John, John uh, Duran, yeah, and and the funny part, the song was good. It was funny, it was a parody song. The song was good, but the introductions were were you know John would take one, and we're, we'd all had a few pops, yeah, and uh, singing this singing this song all about. Scott Fleener. I'll, I'll dig up that cassette. Yeah. It's on a cassette, and I'll clean it up and yeah. give it to you. Well, there's, you know, it's it's funny because the, um, I think that there was so much more of a, a vast gap between management, in particular, like area management and cast at that point. Because, and I've talked to a lot of people that coming into the '70s after after Vietnam, there were a lot of people who got out of the war and came to work at Disneyland. Yep. Uh, people who were career military who retired. At, at the end of the war and so <clears throat> 74 through 79 there's this huge influx of veterans yep. and part of that was because that the management in adventure uh, management for um, attractions was ex-military so they brought in what they knew was people they were comfortable with who could run it like it was a military operation which the paradigm doesn't exactly fit so you had a lot of um, squeaky wheels and there was never enough grease you know, a lot of people just kind of chafed under the system of it, but you know, it was definitely kind of a, a crew cut mentality in the management thing. We hear that over and over. I mean, we, did, did we you, were always. Did you feel there was a big, a, a big separation between management and staff? We were always trying to. I think it was important. At least my generation, the guys that we hung out with, it was, it was. The Jungle Cruise was uh, was at a level you didn't want to disappoint people. Yeah. You didn't want to go. You didn't want to give a lousy spiel. And there were only a handful of guys that did the spielless minimus or did the SOP spiel or would just get through a day. You know, they're just just marking time until five o'clock or whatever. And you always will have. And always. we had a camaraderie, <laughs> and we were we were trying to break the guys up loading the boat, and then we were trying to be funny. Uh, we were trying to impress the girls working at the at the souvenir hut, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, in that uh, two or three boat lag. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, some guys would play disco music. Some guys would be, you know, and there were a lot of guys, myself included. I was the squirreliest casual there was. And when I became uh, a C, when I went permanent PPT, uh, it was very, I took it very seriously, you know, and I was balancing gigs, doing gigs on the weekends yeah. and, and, uh, as hungover as we were, 
as uh, still drunk from the night before as, as we could be on, on some things. We always tried to make it so that the guests were never disappointed. Yeah. And we'd get off the boat and say, wow, that guy was funny. Or, you know, we'd have guys, you'd work unload, and you'd have guys that would get applause pretty pretty consistently, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's it's almost Tom it's it's almost huh? Tom Pletz. Tom Pletz. Tom Pletz always got a good. Oh, we ought to have a drink for Willie Porter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Take a, have a drink for Willie, and uh, we'll drink for a toast to Mike and uh, Jim Shuttler. Oh my yeah. God, what a great great cat Jim Shuttler was. It, it, it's tough. I've recently discovered that um, my alcoholism is at odds with my diabetes, <laughs> so I have to have to watch that side. No, un- yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I know that the last few years we've we've lost a lot of. Uh, a lot of the heritage of the jungle, so, so, lost so. a lot of everything. Yeah, we well, lost a lot of everything, but definitely no. You know, I think that uh, you know that's kind of the the rebels with pride concept. You know, because everyone who's everyone at jungle well, yeah. with pride, exactly. Um, Sorry, no worries, mate. Yeah, we'll pause it. Why isn't he in a hotel room banging that chick? Now, and this, by the way, this is the reason why it's so great. Let's cut right to the chase, man. This is the reason why it's so great that they serve alcohol inside California Adventure now. That right there. That was was quality. I think we were all thinking the same thing when that drunk boy came back. That was cool. Why isn't he? Uh, But, yeah, no, no. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's and it's tough that, you know, as the generations change, you know, we've, you know, had some great... uh, you know, great cast members pass. Uh, that's why I love what Jeff Rhodes is doing with uh, the Facebook group, the oh, yeah. Disney friends who have passed our way. Um, you know, whenever I get a notice, I'm almost, there's a part of me that's a little scared it doesn't to, even to want click to look. on it, yeah. you know, because you just don't know. Uh, I heard a guy that uh, worked out here a long time who actually uh, uh, gave me my orientation, a guy named uh, Gary Murphy, uh, passed away. Yeah. Remember Gary? Guy with a big smile, big heart big personality and uh someone just told me uh yesterday yeah. that he had passed so well, i mean and then we lost we uh a month guys two months ago uh cecile from guest relations oh right right so i mean she had been at the resort 40 50 years i mean she had been here uh really she started in the 60s with guest relations and so. willie porter yeah willie I have a, I have a videotape of Arky some somewhere. This was after I left the park. I, I was in Vegas and came back, and I think uh, I, I think I was able to do a guest spiel or something like that. Man, anyway, we're in, in the park fooling around, and uh, he said something. I asked Arky something, and he said, "Yeah, it's." He gave me the score of some game, and he said, "Just don't tell Willie Porter." You know, that was Steve. Willie was he had these big guns, and he was working the canoes, and yeah. just the. He could make balloon animals out of people. You know, he was just great <laughs> not, upper way, body strength. Not, you know. not, not a great skill for children's parties. Oh, my God. But, hey, we're all getting older, and, uh, you know, time is passing. I worked the, the 25th anniversary, and, yeah. went, and they're gearing up for the 60th. 60th, and yeah. It's hard to believe, but... We yeah, came out here. And that was a great party. That was a yeah. wonderful, wonderful night. Nothing but stars. Do you, do you remember the the twenty fifth uh, for the twenty fifth anniversary the uh, the comp ticket that they gave out? Yes, still so, have it. Yeah, there was someone else had had found theirs untorn. Wow. With a stub still on it, that's the one free admission to Disneyland at any time, uh, and they'd never use it. It sat in the bottom of a box, and it showed up on on Facebook with one of the people wow. not too long ago. So yeah. we. Uh, 
I think we all took souvenirs. I think I have my Jungle Cruise belt that won't even go around my thigh anymore. <laughs> but, uh, to be fair, big thighs. Let's you know. <laughs> but uh, I have a Columbia shirt. <laughs> you, you have, I also have a um, uh, Paul. I can't remember his last name. Paul uh, worked worked uh, the foreman on the Mark. Uh, I have a Mark Twain's hat, and he gave me some captain's bars. That's in my office. Yeah. Well, and it's you know it's uh, much as we don't encourage the things that Disney Legal might want to yell us at us about. Um, yeah, I think everyone's got their souvenirs of their time from. Ed still got his felt hat. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of skippers. Where is it? A lot of a lot of skippers still have the hats. That's the big yeah. thing, you know. Especially the bush hats. That's the biggest. Yeah. yeah. But I think a hat's more forgiving. I wouldn't. You know, they you go back to uh, to wardrobe. They don't they, want it anyway. They just spray it with a little Lysol and give it to the uh, next guy. Eh, I don't think so. <laughs> always kept my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> we we always had a great time, and we were all. It was always that fine line of doing the the the, the SOP. I, I knew this. I knew the spiel my first day. Yeah. And Carrie just kept saying, "No, nah, can't say it. Stick to this SOP." And I was in a boat my first day, and uh, he just said. Put him in a put him in a rotation, and uh, it was a dream come true for me, yeah. and still is to this day. And and uh, I live in Florida. I live about an hour from the park, and my my folks are getting older. And the plan, loosely, Bob Sice's kids, Betsy, is, is running the place. And uh, we always used to joke, man, when, when Betsy, when your Bob, when your daughter is the is the VP of operations here. We'd get our old jobs back loading fat ladies in the little boats. You know, it's, and he told me he said we can do that now. So I'm I'm going to put in another 10 years on the road and yeah. and uh, do do my best when my boys in college and uh, Well, my retirement plan is eventually to come work jungle again. I mean, that's yeah. here in Anaheim. Uh, wherever I am I I end up being, you know, I uh, you know, yeah, it's. I think I'll probably be in Southern California. So my my wife is at USC, so yeah. I'm sure I'll be around California somewhere. But um, yeah, no, that's my that's my retirement plan. Is you know, find a cardboard box somewhere so I can afford to work at Disney, and uh, live out of it, and you know, come work at the Jungle Cruise when I'm in my in my uh, golden years. I think it's I think it's nice. Uh, you see well, a lot of. Well, I would see. I mean, I your personality. You could jump in a boat tomorrow. Oh, I could. I have no. I'm going to jump that, in. I got news for you. I'm going to jump in a boat here in about 20 minutes. I'm meeting <laughs> my wife and my boy uh, at the Jungle Cruise exit. That was uh, the story I wanted to tell you. Uh, the Sue had touched on. We were working the night John Lennon got killed. Yeah. And a guy came back, and it was the uh, the company Christmas party. So it was a kickback night. We were all laid back. We had guys from the Burbank Studios who were. Some of them were train that afternoon and just working the party that night yep. and it was just friends and family and I I came uh, was working unload and Billy Vasquez came back from the break area and he'd heard on Monday night football he had this funny look on his face I'm unloading this boat and he says Lennon's dead I went what are you talking about Billy and he said somebody just shot and killed John Lennon and that was the moment for me I'm standing on the jungle cruise unload dock unloading a boat and I went home that night and I said, you know, I looked in the mirror, and I said, up till now, music has just been a hobby, something, something to do for fun on the weekends, and you know, fool around with your buddies. It's time to get serious, and yep. that was the moment of uh, was the uh, shift, an epiphany sh- yeah. for me, and uh, that was the night, very close to that, on that dock, that I made that decision and never looked back. 
been going. We had a wake for it, man. Remember? Yeah. Over at Mike's house. Oh yeah. I, I'll tell you, it's, it's it's hard after you bring a story back around like that to uh, to do any other questions and not just wrap up because that's a uh, that's a capper right there. That's that's, well, that's a perfect wrap. I, I'll just hit just a few like really really quick kind of the the things we always throw out. Um, you know, we always like to, to hear any any fun celebrity stories. Anyone who got on your boat, who you just to this day can't believe that you got to spiel to, or I uh, got to spiel to some great ones. I bumped into. I was I was running late, and I was bu- I bumped literally bumped into Michael Jackson before yeah. the rope drop, and I had an opening shift on Jungle, and it was when he was good. Look, he was looking good, and yep. I guess he had been in and rode Pirates of the Caribbean several times. Yep, and then. Years later, I just talked to him briefly, but years later, uh, he did that video, Leave Me Alone, yep. and a lot of elements of the Pirates of the Caribbean came in, and I was thinking, wow, I bet I know where that came from. You know, it's funny, I, I opened uh, Tiki one morning, and it was before the rope drop, and uh, you know, I checked the queue and all that, and had all the ropes up, and I'm, I'm in the, the showroom, and uh, there's uh, a plata guest relations with two giant security guys there. Uh, you know, big black jackets and white shirts, black ties. And she's like, oh, it's time for a show. You've got a, you've got a, a group out there. And I'm like, no, I don't. I just was out there. The park's not even open. We opened the door. It's, it's Michael and about 40 kids. Wow. And uh, they came in, and they, we did one of the shows. And then uh, all the kids left, and Michael wanted the private show in, in the Tiki Room. So I ran the Tiki Room just for Michael. And at the end of it, I had to put myself between Jose and Michael because he was trying to touch Jose. Because he wanted to, like, pet Jose or something. And I had to physically put myself between Michael Jackson and the bird to keep him from, you know, messing with the animatronics. Well, I was I was lucky that that uh, 25th anniversary, I got to meet a lot of people. Jack Albertson yeah. and uh, uh, Michael McKean from Spinal Tap. Michael and, McKean's a great guy. And yeah. uh, But I took Rod, uh, Rod Steiger through, oh. Charles Bronson and Jill Ireland, and uh, just really really great because I, I could imagine with your personality that with that when uh, they had you know special guests come through they would put them on your boat you know it was sort of the luck of the draw yeah uh, I had Chris Christofferson on my boat and uh, then did a did a gig with him in uh, we did we played the uh, governor's inaugural in uh, Las Vegas Nevada and uh, I walked up at soundcheck and said man I, I don't I know you don't remember me, but I took you through the Jungle Cruise a while back. Yeah, I remember you. Yeah, you were funny, man. And, you know, so that's that's yeah. kind of my brush with greatness. Well, but, and, well but, I mean, and I'm sure, you know, I, I know that I want to get you back to the family because, you know, I don't want to keep anyone from riding the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> but but let's also go, you know, we haven't really talked about your your time outside of Disney. I mean, what's what's some of the stuff that's happened that's really, you know, the on the road or doing shows? I mean, you, I, mean I, I know you've got stories. You know, I, I've... I've I'm very, very fortunate to be doing what I love to do, and uh, being on the road, I never thought I would be married, I never, so I never thought I would have children. I got married at 44, and uh, we just celebrated 10 years, and uh, in Las Vegas, and my wife is from New Jersey, very quiet, we met when I was in Atlantic City, and she didn't want to get married in Las Vegas. And I said, man, the reception's going to be great. We had like five Elvis impersonators and Dolly Partons and Marilyn Monroe's. You were, it, it was great. And I got up and played. Hello, Fred was there. And uh, people were singing. Uh, the little gal that does Tinkerbell here, uh, uh, Shelly Nichols, yep. uh, sang at our wedding. And, uh, you know, just just really terrific. And Peggy I told... Peggy Sue was there. Oh, yeah, Peggy Sue from... Uh, um, Peggy, Peggy Sue's, Sue's out in Barstow. Out in Barstow. But... Um, <laughs> 
I, I talked my wife into it like, let's get married in Vegas because 20 years from now we can go back and renew our vows and we got married at the Westward Ho. And as soon as we said, I do, they knocked it down. They knocked that <laughs> son of a bitch later, down. I swear. I mean, it wasn't two weeks. It was boarded up and gone. Uh, so, And it's now a McDonald's. So for our 20th anniversary, I'm going to take my wife through the drive-thru. Well, that's, that's sweet of you. That's, McDonald's. You know. And we can renew our vows and... Get, a, yeah. get an apple pie. That's an apple pie. Yeah. Kyle, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I've enjoyed this show very, very much yeah. uh, as a listener, and I feel very privileged to be here with you. We, we have our ups and downs, but, uh, you know, I, I think we got into our groove uh, like halfway through the last season where we, we, we kind of figured out what it was about, and uh, now we're just working on getting listeners and you know, getting the right people in, in, on that side of it. We had 300,000 downloads. I mean, it's not, That's awesome. not an ins- insubstantial amount, but we're still, you know... We're still working it out and, you know, figuring out the kinks. And But, yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity because it's, it's always stories that I obviously not even have, have not heard before. But, you know, everyone has a different perspective on it. You know, I, I always say everyone takes away something a little bit different from the jungle. But I don't know anyone who worked for any length of time that it hasn't, the jungle water didn't get into their blood. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, there's shots to get that out of the blood. <laughs> uh, hepatitis is bad and... Uh, but you know, tetanus. no tetanus. <laughs> uh, but no, the jungle water gets into your blood, and it, it stays with you your whole life. And it is, you know, a really unique. Uh, it's the reason why we did this. It's it's a unique role. Even within Disney, there's nothing like the Jungle Cruise. There's no other cast experience that has the same sense of camaraderie and the same. You know, what we do is really unique in the park. I agree. Uh, and, and every park we go in, you know, th- there is. You look at the, uh, there's some great videos of Disneyland Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. And the skippers have to know Cantonese, Mandarin, and English. And they have to be able to spiel the entire ride in each of those three languages. Wow. And I look at those skippers and go, you know what, they're, they're sitting in the break room putting scrambled eggs and onions on each other's hats the same way we do here. Oh, sure. That's <laughs> You know, it's it's the same the same camaraderie. We're making you know? pizza bread for Don Bob's. That's it. <laughs> so, I'll tell you that story off my yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so George, I really, like I said, I've, I've, other than maybe Sue, you're the person who everyone said we needed to get you on and, and have a chat with, and I'm, I'm glad that I we did. I appreciate what you're doing, and yeah. I appreciate meeting yeah, you. Absolutely. And for having me and, on your and show. And it's, you know, as we keep on telling stories, and we'll we get another uh, you know time we'll Skype it or something we'll do it by phone and but I you know I'm glad that we got a chance to uh, to chat and hear some of the good stuff uh, just a little kind of plugs out there for people uh, end of the show things uh, as always make sure you're passing the podcast around to people the easiest way to find us is on iTunes uh, just tell people to look for Skipcast like Skipper Cast uh, Skipcast on iTunes we're also on uh, if you're on uh, mobile phones and you want to listen to us as you drive there's an app called Stitcher Radio that we are also on that makes it really easy to listen to our podcast even if you have no technical ability and you're my mom. Um, <laughs> so that's always an easy way to do it. Uh, but, at, you know, we... Uh, thanks, everyone. We're going to have another episode up in two weeks. This will probably come after my trip to uh, to Moab. We're going to... Not Moab. Uh, Bryce, Zion, and Valley of Fire. Terrific. We're doing that whole loop uh, mid-May. So. Tell Don and Lois Chapman that I, I said I'm hello really and said looking, my love. Yeah, we're just a matter of timing with them, but it's going to be a great... Uh, great time to chat, sit down with them so awesome. George thank you very much everyone that's thanks, out there Kyle. in uh, the vast internet wastelands uh, thanks a bunch and we'll see you guys soon and kungaloosh